0: Stretch it out, stretch it out, stretch it out. We've got Smart Money Moves with Helena J. Connolly. Thank you for joining us. This is the Intentional Talk Radio Network. We do this daily with intention and purpose and our passion. So thank you for joining us right here on the Intentional Talk Radio Network. Get ready. Smart Money Moves is bringing you all the smart moves. Thank you money, build wealth, and to be on top. It's Smart Money Moves with Helena J. Conner. Stay tuned.
1: hello
2: hello hello everybody out there and yes it is a hump day which means it is time for smart money moves with helena welcome 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 everybody i am so excited today is my mommy's birthday you guys i am here giving you guys my all on my mommy's birthday and she is sitting right over there listening in so i am excited to be with you guys today i get a chance (laughs) This is my favorite part of money. I love everything money. Trust me, everything money makes me just smile. But when I get a chance to talk to people about building wealth using life insurance, I am just in heaven. Um, Many of you guys may know, I know I've mentioned it several times before, but September is Life Insurance Awareness Month. And so we try to celebrate all month long, every day, giving information, making sure people understand how they can utilize it. Um, And what I wanted to do for these episodes this month, so we have two episodes today and on the 28th, um, we're going to have a few people come in and share with you so you guys can hear from the audience. As they talk about why they have life insurance, um, how they've been able to utilize life insurance, that is correct. They're here to tell us, which means they are still alive. There are so many ways for us to utilize life insurance. And I just want to make sure that by the end of, uh, these shows together, We are able to, you know, empower people to take the time to slow down and really review the policies that they have in place and make sure that they have enough, make sure that they have the right kinds and the right kinds depends on you and your situation. But I'm just very excited every time I get a chance to talk about it. So I have a partner of mine who I have been rocking with for the last 10 plus years um, out here in the the working world, Miss Wavette Johansson who is on with us today, and we both are going to be bringing in some guests, like I said, today and in two weeks on our next show. But we tell you a little bit about Miss Wavette, who you guys have heard her speak before, but we're going to give you some more good info today. Uh Wavette Johansson is the broker owner of R- Bridgeway Realty up in the Bay Area. Yes, that is Northern California and Financial Services. That is her company and she has been doing that for 20 years as a a real estate professional. So she is going to be talking to us about uh, life insurance from the Realtor's perspective, the Realtist's perspective. She's going to talk about how her clients are able to use life insurance. She's brought us a, a amazing special guest today, a business owner who's going to share how she's utilized uh life insurance and how she, you know, decided on the plans that she has in place. And we're just going to get into it. We'll have a couple people coming in and out today. So I'm just excited. So welcome, my vet. Glad to Thank have you. you here, my darling. Hey. Yes, you're hey, Always an honor to be
3: here. Always.
2: I love it. And you guys, we mentioned this at the end of, what was last month? August. So Yvette um, has a huge event that we finished with a couple weeks ago. I shouldn't say we finished, but we launched it yes, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and it's called Labor of Love. Yvette, tell us a little bit about Labor of Love and where your passion from this came from.
3: Yeah. So uh this year was our third annual Labor of Love um and it was a telethon event to raise awareness about life insurance and once again that you know the 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 different reasons why somebody would have life insurance and so you know i'm a little bit older than some of you so you know when i grew up we had you know Jer- oh she said no
2: let's <laughs> just had a birthday last week and i don't know is what she's telling you <laughs>
3: Well then, well then Colette probably remembers, you know, every Labor Day, Jerry Lewis had a telethon. Right. And his, and his telethon was, was to, was to raise awareness about MD because somebody in his family, um, um, had that illness. And so, you know, they would come on every Labor Day. They would, you know, uh, raise awareness. They would, they would, they would raise money for the, you know, to have research, you know, about that, um, about that illness. And I said to myself, well, you know, September is Life Insurance Awareness Month. So why, so why don't we have a telethon to raise awareness about the functions of life insurance? So it started three years ago and you know, every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that this past one was the best one that we ever had. I and see. so, you know, and, and you guys, it truly is a labor of love. It, it, it really is. So, um, what's the mean? People don't, don't understand or, or they think that it's just for death. And so, you know, especially especially in our community. And so for me, it was about, you know, we have to, you know, understand you guys how to build wealth. You know, it it doesn't happen by acting. We have to create it. And one vehicle that our community is behind the eight ball on is life insurance and using life insurance to truly build wealth. So that's where the passion comes from. That's where, you know, everybody gets on board for. So, you know, I am very much about black wealth, period. You know, when it comes to you guys, me and Wavette, why is about black wealth. And one way to actually guys close that racial wealth wealth gap is with life insurance. So I that's, what, that's what Labor of Love is uh, all about.
2: I love it. And so you had a mission around Labor of Love. And what what was your goal for Labor of Love, Wavet?
3: Well, originally the mission was To be able to help a thousand people in a calendar year have proper protection with living benefits. That was the original version. Well, three years later, we said we're going to do that thousand in like, in like 30 days, (laughs) not a whole year. So, so, you know, all of us came together and we said that each office, each office that, you know, they're working with is going to do at least a thousand appointments within a 90 day period. And that could be like, you guys, Total about about like 10,000 people that we help. 10,000 people, you guys, that we have impacted in our communities. So I was like, let's go. <laughs> now let's go. It.
2: I love it. I love it. I love it. So you actually are going to start me where I like to talk about. First, I like to give a little bit of my story when it comes to life insurance, right? So mm-hmm. I'll start off by telling everybody out there, I am 41, I am single, and I have no kids. Right. So why do I say that? Not that I'm on the market looking. Right. No <laughs> about, but I have almost five million in coverage. OK, mm-hmm. that is a huge amount of protection in the event that I pass away as I do air quotes. And many may be out there asking, why do you have so much coverage? You just said you're single. You don't have kids. You don't have a bunch of responsibility. Why do you need that much insurance? That must cost you a lot. That's what I get when I tell this story all the time. Well, if you stay tuned for all of today, as well as our next session on the 28th, you will hear a lot about how you can use it. And there are so many more services that are provided by utilizing life insurance. And Yvette brought up one as she was explaining her mission with Labor of Love. And you said, not just that you want to make sure that you can properly protect a thousand families. You said, properly protect a thousand families with what?
3: Living benefits.
2: Tell us about living benefits. Come on. Living
3: benefits. So, um, so this is actually something that's new to insurance. So it's been around for about like last seven or eight years. What this means is, you know, I don't die, but maybe I develop a critical, chronic, or terminal illness, you know, like cancer, heart attack or stroke. When that happens, I need money now, not when I die. And living benefits allows me to take money off my death benefits in advance to be able to use with whatever I need to use it for, period. And for me, you guys, I don't care if you're one or you're 80. Everybody needs living benefits. Everybody. Everybody. And, and you know, and, and I, and I speak that because of what you know, I experienced in my household because, um, unfortunately, you know, my household did not have any insurance because I thought it was to bury somebody. So I was like, "Well, I don't need that. I I, I got money for that." And so, I never had life insurance. And, um, unfortunately, you know, I uh, I I, I married my soulmate. You know, I married the second husband. <laughs> 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 Love of my life, definitely my soulmate. And we get married and five days after marriage, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer and given six months to live. And I mean, first of all, told, I mean, we were just like, it's we like, what? What? I mean, he was totally healthy. This man was not sick, had never been sick since, since the day I met him. He said, he said, I don't feel good when they go to the doctors. You have a very rare form of cancer. You have six months to live. Now, Michael has cancer. He can't work. I I I have to take care of Michael. I can't work. But guess what? I got to pay the mortgage. I had. I think Kevin was in college, right in private school. So, you know, they don't care if you have cancer, they want their money. That's and right. and so it's like here we are, you know, no money coming to the household, money just going out. But, you know, it, it was it was it was it was very hard, very hard. And and, and I remember the one was the hardest part was I remember, you know, Michael had to go through chemo. And he was kind of against chemo to begin with, but I was like, you know, like they said, if you do it, you have like a few more months to live, so you know, do it for me, kind of a thing. And so he said, I'll try it, but no promises. So the first round, he said, he said that it felt like death. Mm. Second round, he, was, he he was in a lot of pain. So I called the doctor and I said, I, I said, I, I, th- I think I gave me the wrong pills because Michael's in pain. You know what they told me? Boy. They said, they said no, he didn't. The first round you get the good stuff. If you want the good stuff in the second round, you got to pay for it. Well, the good stuff costs 300, costs $300 a pill. Michael needed 10 pills per day. Per day? That's three, per day. $3,000 a day to, just to keep my husband out of pain. Now, where in the world am I going to get $3,000 a day? Your 401k? Had no 401k. <laughs> That was, was
2: going to run out quickly.
3: Exactly. You know, I was, I was, um, self-employed. Mm. Um, now previously I, I did work at, uh, at a, uh, UC Berkeley. So the money that, that I had, I had no access to because I was mm-hmm. under 50. Mm. But, you know, equity in the house, no, you know, because at that point, uh, real estate was, was upside down. So no equity. And it's just like, you know, what do people do? Now, unfortunately, if, uh, if, if, if I would have, uh, living benefits, I would have had no worries. I I could have, you know, turned on my living benefits from my policy, pulled that money out and had no concerns. And so because I lived it, I tell everybody, I don't care. Somebody said to me, well, but why bet? I don't think I need it because, because I'm always healthy. We're all healthy until we're not.
2: That (laughs) that is the
3: point right
2: (laughs) That is the point why bet. You hit the nail on the head. We are all healthy until we are not. not.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so for me, you guys, every, I don't care who you are, everybody needs living benefits. Everybody, everybody.
2: I hear from a lot of people, you know, being in this industry and working with folks quite often, you know, on life insurance. I hear from a lot of people that, you know, my job, you know, has insurance, right? And I have a cancer plan, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm good. Or you know, um, I will be able, you know, I have really good health coverage, right? What do you say to someone, you know, with those opinions of of why they need to look a little bit deeper?
3: And, you know, and that's fine, but you know, health coverage, first of all, does not pay the mortgage. My, Michael had had health coverage, and first of all, health coverage does, does does not cover everything. Michael had a very rare form of cancer, and like I said, you know, Michael's health coverage is you know not going to pay our mortgage. And, you know, for me, you guys, when we talk about wealth, wealth to me means ownership. So if, if, if your job has something, awesome. But if you want to build wealth, you must own your own stuff. So, so even outside of your job, you should have your own policy that you own, not your job. You know, uh, once again, guys, wealth means ownership. And so if, you know, to me, like having your job, having a policy or insurance, that's just gravy. For everything else but you should own your own
2: always i love that i love that and i actually I see we have a, a question from colette remind me because i'm going to forget i have a story i want to tell about a, a lady i worked with who has given me permission to share this story um so remind me when when we get back go ahead colette you have a question we do have a guest hop in a couple minutes that has only about 10 minutes with us so go ahead no she, okay.
0: she'll be on the, the, the whole
3: time okay
2: perfect yeah
0: okay so one of the things that i wanted to comment on with why that was that we talk about this frequently on your show and that is we have a culture Mm -hmm. where we don't believe there are a lot of things we don't believe we it has to come from somebody else because remember the white man's ice is colder so we don't believe what we should be believing and we Mm -hmm. take the long way we have doors open to us and we have folks that never walk through. Mm-hmm. They run in the other direction. And I, I remember my father selling insurance and I believe it was life insurance. And that was way back. You guys weren't even born when my father was selling insurance. And, uh, it, it was, it didn't make money. People were not making money because mm-hmm. the payment on that life insurance was just a few dollars. And then people would say, ah, I don't need this. Ah, I don't need that. And and that thought process, that thought has evolved into, eh, I don't need that. So it stays the same. And people just don't get it. I have fallen to that. So I know that a lot of people, even at my age, lots of folks just don't get it. And they do believe that, well, my job provides insurance for me, so what do I need? I, I I don't need it. But I also remember my father working at Golden State and him understanding the need for insurance and how necessary it was. And it truly, truly is. But how one can derive wealth from that still isn't understood. Still isn't understood. So between the two of you, there's a lot of work to be done. There's mm-hmm. a lot of work to be done and a lot of people need to get the information because folks just don't believe. Yeah,
2: You, you, you said something so crucial, right? And, and we started the conversation about it, you know, having it through our jobs, right? Um, I do a weekly talk, you know, I'm, I'm an educator by trade. I, I love my educators, teachers in class, out of class. And so I do a teacher talk once a week on Tuesdays. And, um I help them to review their retirement uh, because life insurance can be used for retirement we'll we'll explain that as well but I I use their um their pension statement right so California stirs Cal stirs is what teachers uh contribute to for their pension and in Cal stirs um, it shows them on their statement that they're uh, this is a statement of a 19 year vet in mm-hmm. LAUSD, uh, which is what I would have been if I was still there. We started around the same time. And on the uh, beneficiary or on the life insurance part, it says that if this person were to pass this is 19 years of services, if this person were to pass they, their family would receive $26,850, something like that, $26,850. And I've always encouraged for years, for Mm -hmm. a decade plus, I've encouraged people to see what your job really does offer. Because I think if people saw that, they would realize $26,850 is not going to retire you. I mean, it's not going to take care of your family if you pass away. That will not bury you the way people want to be buried. So I have insurance through my job is not enough necessarily. Now you make a supplemental plan and all of that, but I really just encourage you all to look and see exactly what it is that you have. So you aren't wondering, you know, what the problem is when you get to that point. Right. And you know, Colette, you mentioned something as well, right? Your father used to sell life insurance. It wasn't until several years that I was in this business that I learned that my grandfather was one of the first insurance brokers at his own agency here in Southern California. And I guess it was the fifties and sixties. And I just like, wow, okay. That comes full circle, but (laughs) you're right. How people understood life insurance and the way that they learned it from their parents, it was every week you had your premium paid and they Mm -hmm. would come to the house. And my mom tells me the story all the time with my papa, is that he would barter with people so that their premiums would get paid because mm. people were not able to pay their premiums. And instead of ever letting it lapse, there would be a barter system all the time. Wow. But I look at people and I've worked with lots of people where, you know, 20, 30 years after paying a policy, they come due and the person needs to claim the policy and it's $3,000. It's $3,700. Mm after 30 years of paying this policy or what I see quite often is people have had something that's called a D and D. So they get to, you know, a natural death uh um uh, with their family members, but their policy only pays out if they have, you know, a dismemberment of their body and they're told, Nope, you didn't get into a right, car. Right. You didn't pass away on a plane. So, you know, you don't get to access this policy. So, Just taking the time and this is what we're doing, you know, heavily during this month before the next 90 days is just encouraging people to pull that paperwork out of the accordion file, dust it off (laughs) and really take the time to review and see exactly what it is that you have. So when the time comes, you won't be in a position where it's like, oh, I don't know, you know, what, what kind is it really? How much is it? right? Is mm-hmm. it going to pay out? Right. Have I changed my beneficiaries? My spouse passed and now I want to leave it to my children. Like, what do we know about these things if we don't, you know, pay close attention to them? So this is the time you guys, that is why there's marketing for it all over. A company called Life Happens uh created this month um and made it a very marketable month because people really need to slow down to review uh-huh. life insurance, right? So that's just living benefits, right? And I do have a story. I'll get to that story. But it's pretty similar to yours, um, why that when uh, a people who have coverage, I uh, have a client that had coverage through her job, her and her husband, mm-hmm. um, but her husband was diagnosed with a stroke um, and the job policy did not offer living benefits right. as, you know, having ownership over your own policy sometimes does. And let me throw this out there, you guys. Not all policies, even ones outside of your job, offer living benefits. Not all of them. There are a lot of carriers that still do not offer living benefits. And so Mm -hmm. you want to review that as well. And you should be reviewing it for terminal illness, chronic illness, and critical illness. Not just one, not just two, but all three of them. So if something happens to you, in my opinion, critical illness is the most important because typically chronic and terminal illnesses come from a critical illness. Right. Right. So you want to make sure you have that and that you can accelerate your death benefit. So back to this client of mine, they had, um, uh, both had insurances through their jobs. Husband had a stroke, did not have living benefits. And just like in your situation with Michael, um, the wife had to take a leave from her job in order to take care of her husband. Okay, so with taking that leave, they both ended up losing their job and then the husband passes away. So now the husband passes away, has no job anymore. So the insurance, even the 26000 oh, wow. that they have had, they did not even have to bury the husband. Because wow. that job is not always guaranteed to be there. Most of us don't plan on passing away on our job. So we definitely want something outside, even if it matches it. But you right. want to have your own plan outside. So I see we just had... Uh, one of our guests, Miss Nancy, come in, so I'm going to let Wavette introduce her and uh sh- let her share her story with us as a business owner utilizing life insurance. So go ahead, Wavette, introduce our guests.
3: Yes, I want to welcome Miss Nancy Williams. She is the, can you guys see this, the owner of Money Pages here nice. in Oakland. Oh, oh awesome magazine. I- I'll be there next month.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, I love it.
3: But, uh, you know, she, she helped, you know, businesses to be able to, you know, market and grow their business through her magazine. I'll let her give a little, little bit, a little bit more background about how, how she's been doing this. But I, you guys, I heard her story and I was just like, Oh my God, we have to tell your story because, it, well, I'll let her tell it, but, uh, Nancy, uh, tell us about a little bit about your background first and then tell us, um, this being Life Insurance Awareness Month, you know, I know that you got a policy a while ago, why you got it, and that story that you told me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thank you for having me. I love, uh Waba knows I love sharing this story. I think far too many of us don't understand, you know, really how helpful life insurance can be during life um and so you know being able to um share a story where i've been able to apply it uh i think it touches a lot of people because people just you know they they have no idea and they're only thinking one thing when they're about life insurance it's, it's nice to be able to tell their stories but um again, yes, yeah. so nancy williams i own um i own I own a franchise called Money Pages, which has been around for twenty years, started in Jacksonville, Florida. but basically the franchise helps um communities grow and stay connected through um through marketing and advertising and uh well, I just showed you our our September issue and here in Oakland we mail out to fifty thousand households every month through our partnership with the USPS and that gives businesses the ability to um, touch a lot of people at one time for an affordable price because we are a franchise so we do uh, leverage our bulk buying um, and printing to, to do that. So um that is our flagship product. We also have digital targeting services um, for ads for small business. Um, we do social media management. We can also certainly do websites and logo creations and those sorts of things. And We launched our first magazine here in Oakland in um October of 2020 and we are the first franchisees on the west coast uh, but the franchise is growing so that's that business however I think I'm really here to share my story about life insurance and um as as Wa knows I, I came I was I was in the corporate world for 14 years I worked for Sprint for uh, 14 years as a director and um was making very good money um between my salary and my stock options. And in two thousand six a friend of mine um in LA uh she asked me to attend a a life insurance um seminar with her, which you know I wasn't really thinking about. When you're in corporate, just like if you were talking about right, they they supply life insurance and um you can buy supplemental insurance, but it's really spoken of in the, in the sense of passing away and covering those, 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 um, outstanding debts or burial, um, uh, um, um, uh, needs so um so I said sure why not I don't know anything about it would love to come along so I went uh, with her and and really what stuck with me was the fact that I could potentially leverage the savings account, um, which it really is um the savings account uh for other things that I might need that might come up in life um, along the way and I knew at the time I was probably not going to work in corporate forever I've got I've done some other entrepreneurial things. And that just really resonated with me because, you know, why wouldn't you want to put money away? And and as a single woman, no kids, I literally had no tax write offs, nothing, you know, that was helping me um uh in, in the savings category. So I thought I had real estate um, and, and so I thought, okay, this is, this is, I have this discretionary income. It makes no sense to keep it in a checking account, I'm not going to keep buying property. And so I thought this seems like a smart thing to do. So I opened a pretty large account, uh, when I, after, a, after that seminar with the um, representative and, um, you know, over the years, I mean, I was still working in corporate that again, that was back in 2006. I didn't, um, leave corporate until 2000. 12. So, you know, it was a good, it was a good six years. So I was putting quite a bit in there, um, each, each month and watching it grow. Um, you know, sometimes I'd put a little bit less or put it on hold if there was things I needed to shift. But, um, essentially, um, fast forward and, um, I started another business, um, six or seven years ago and I didn't need the money at the time, but I started money pages and I thought, this would be a really good opportunity to leverage this and buy this, you know, to buy this business um, and outright, right, and have no debt on it, um, and then still be able to continue to put money into it. And that's exactly what I did. Um, You know, I contacted the company and I had plenty of money in it. It's a pretty large policy. And it was so easy to do. And, um, it, I, you know, literally I think within a week I had the funds, you know, I bought a, another business and now I'm back to contributing, you know, putting money back into it and, and, and watching the policy grow. So I am living proof <laughs> that it works. There's no penalty. It's, it's a great way to do a savings account. And let me tell the other piece of it, um, that I, I don't think I told this part of the story well that and the last time I spoke with you, maybe when we talked, but, I was so worried because when I bought that policy, um, you know, you have people coming to you and saying, "Why why do you have that policy? That doesn't make any sense." You know, and and so I was really really nervous to um to to hire a a a personal um Financial planner, because I thought they were gonna like sit me down and read me out for buying this policy. And I was like, but I was like, okay, I, I really need to talk to somebody about financial planning. There's a lot of things I wanted to, um, to share with them and, and bounce ideas off them. So I finally, um, I finally made the appointment. I sat down, um, and the first thing that, cause you know, you have to send like paperwork in advance, yes. right? So they know kind of where you're at and what you're looking for. The first thing he said to me was, that was the smartest thing you've ever, could have ever done. And I was (laughs) totally shocked. Cause like I said, you know, I've got, I'm not going to name the companies that these people come in, you know, but you know, they're, they're essentially trying to talk you out of what you're doing. So you'll go with and buy, you know, what they have. And so, um, so I was blown away because I just knew that this expert was going to tell me, yeah, what are you doing? You know, Total opposite. What he then shared with me is he said, and, and he's, you know, he was white and what he shared with me was this is exactly how, um, middle class, upper middle class, rich parents fund their children's education, their college. And I had, again, I had no idea. And he said to me, yes, this is what we mean when we refer to trust fund baby. And I you know, I've heard that term all my life, but I don't know anything about that. I certainly wasn't one, right? But I had no idea that and he said, Absolutely. He said by the time he said they do it when they're first born, first year that they're born, um they take out the policy, and by the time they hit college, they literally have it all paid for. And I can completely see that being the case, depending on how much you put into you know, put into it. So yeah, so I learned a lot and my story is um, you know, I'm happy to tell it whenever I can because I do think it will help a lot more of our community make the right moves um uh and when it comes to life insurance.
2: I love that story, Nancy. Don't go anywhere. I have questions and I see Colette has raised her hand. So Colette, go ahead, you have a question as well.
0: One more thing. I'm so glad that you are telling this story. In fact, I'm tell as you're talking, I'm telling my daughter she has to get with Helena to get this going because this is this is fabulous and i'm so pissed off because colonial life and somebody else have commercials on television Mm -hmm. that they run 155 times a day Mm -hmm. but they Mm -hmm. only tell you about burial they don't tell Mm -hmm. people about the advantages of having life insurance they only talk about whole life term life They don't tell you what the advantages are and how this can create wealth. They only tell you about the burial part. They do not tell you about creating wealth for yourself and your family and how this can leverage any of the things that you want to do in life. They never tell you. That's the other way. We're so bamboozled Mm -hmm. not knowing how this works for us because I didn't really know. Even though my father sold life insurance for Golden State. I didn't know. I didn't know. And every time I hear you all talk about this, I'm going, Lord, I just turned 70. Could you give me 40 more so I could do this over? (laughs) Well, you look I, good, let's
2: say that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally understand. I didn't know anything about life insurance. I mean, my parents, yeah. you know, were, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and then went into real estate. My dad was a social worker. The only thing I remember about life insurance is some strange person would come over and take his blood and... <laughs> That's apparently what it was for, but you know, we had zero conversations about that. You know, my parents did tell me other things. Like that's why we were really into real estate, but that is one topic we never talked about. I just like assumed it was for death, and so when my girlfriend invited me, I just thought, well, okay. I mean, maybe I do need more than I already have through corporate, but had I had no idea what I was walking into.
2: So let me ask. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Collette.
1: We were told that the only thing
0: we needed was burial so folks could bury you. Mm -hmm. And and my mother-in-law, in in fact, she said, I ain't leaving nothing, nobody. I'm going to spend it all. I ain't leaving y'all a penny. So nobody ever thought that there was any benefit. Nobody ever thought that. It was just to put folks in the ground or in the wall. Never thought about the benefit of it. Never. So I'm so thrilled with all of you ladies. So thrilled. Thank you.
2: Thank you. So, Nancy, let me ask you a question, see if you can take us back to 2006, right? Mm-hmm. So in 2006, when you got this policy, why did you structure it the way that you did? Were you looking for a particular amount to pull out? Were you just going based on your budget? Yes. Were you looking at a death benefit? What did you do? I was strictly going on
1: my monthly income. Mm-hmm and my the cash outs from when i would decide if i wanted to to liquidate stock um a, a very good mentor of me of mine during my time during corporate and telecom would always tell me don't leave that stock out there you know until you depart right a lot of people just pile up their stock but the thing about it is you never know when it's going to drop and 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 literally the your stock options, I mean, they're given to you based on performance of yourself as well as the company. But the truth is the company could stop performing at any time. They could um, change the policy on how your stock it gets split or how much they're going to give. And so this mentor always told me, you know, take it, do something else with it, you know, invest it somewhere else that you know that's more stable or buy something or enjoy yourself with it. That's really what it's for, but just don't leave it there because it's just subject to so many different things. So I know when I went, when I opened the policy, I just thought to myself, okay, I've got all this excess capital. Um I, It makes it doesn't make any sense to leave it in a uh, in a savings account or checking account. It, it really doesn't. I knew I didn't want to bu- keep buying real estate. That's got its own, you know, you know, things you have to deal with. And so I just thought, well, it seems like a great way to have a savings account. It just it, I don't know. That just seems so logical to me. I have this money it can go into an account that is going to just continue to build. I'm not thinking about it, right? Because it's just going there every month on automatic, you know, um yep. you know, direct direct deposit. And so I didn't really even look at the statements or anything. So, so to answer your question, no, I wasn't. I didn't have a set amount or anything like that. I did set amount for the for the actual policy, right? So, so what yeah. the um what the death benefit was, and it was pretty large, <laughs> like yeah. I said. And so with that amount came this minimum, right? You had to have yeah. a certain minimum, and I was comfortable with that minimum, right? So I thought, okay, well then this is going to be the policy. Um, so, and as I said, I, you know, I think obviously things in life happen and, and what I loved about it even more was I could suspend it for a year or, you know, and, and it takes time to get to those amounts and they'll let you suspend it for a longer amount, the more it has in it, that sort of thing. But I could suspend it if I wanted to, I could drop the payments to, you know, to the minimum amount, or I could add to it, make extra payments. So I I just thought it was a really phenomenal way (laughs) to save money that you don't have in traditional methods of saving money.
2: So it was a flexible policy. Okay. So that would be a universal life. policy. Yes. Correct. Okay. Okay. Cause like I said, you guys, it's it's about the knowledge, right? It's about applying the knowledge. I've said it a million times. Knowledge is not power, it's the implementation of the knowledge is powerful, right? So there are three types of policies out there, you guys. There's term, there's whole, and there's universal. And Nancy is explaining how she has flexibility within a universal policy, right? And there are different variations of the universal, but universal policy means that you have that flexibility and being able to, you know, stop the premium or as she says, suspend it for a certain amount of time. Yes, it depends all on, you know, how you fund it and all those things, which is why most people, the, the direction is fully Fund it first, mm-hmm. just in case anything happens right. and you need to make a pause on it. But if you are paying minimal, even though right. you can, you don't get grace when mm-hmm. you need to have, you know, some changes and shifts, as you said, in your situation. But knowing, you know, how to use a true discretionary income, as you said, to put something in place that is safe, but gives you good return on your money. And the ability, and this is what I, I want to put two and two together as I was listening to your story. I'm a per, I'm a, a numbers person, right? So we're going to do some chronological stuff, right? So you, you put this plan in place in 2006, right? Before the, the market took its tank, right? In 2008. And I'm, I'm sure if it's universal, you have a, it's an index universal policy. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So index universal, right, means that you get, when the market, any kind of stock market or whatever investment tool you're using drops, you are protected. So you never lose the account value in this policy because of the index portion, right? So you have a floor of zero. Then when the market goes up, which it was doing in 2006 or so 2006, 2007, you was earning, right? 2008, the market crashed. You lost nothing. Like everybody else who had, if you have kept everything in stock options, you would have taken a loss, right? So then you went back up because the market always recovers, right? You went up, you went up, you went up. 2016, we have Brexit, little crash. We stopped. You were good. You lost nothing. Kept on climbing, kept on climbing. Now we come to 2020 this good old wonderful pandemic that no one foresaw. I don't, there's not a single person in this world that can tell me they saw COVID-19 coming the way that it was coming, right? And I heard you say you started Money Pages franchise in October of 2020, which means that you had an account that still had really good growth, never lost from 2016, 2006 to 2020 and had enough cash value to pull out, right? Wrote a simple Mm -hmm. signature on a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. right? You said it was simple. Mm -hmm. Pull money out of this and started a whole nother business. Even Mm -hmm. though you had stopped and did some suspensions throughout the way and pull, but you had an opportunity to start a whole nother business during a time when everybody, right? Not everybody, let me take that back. When a lot of people were financially suffering, But you had this plan that wasn't losing, that had gained over this time, was protected along the way, and was able to do something that you are, do as an entrepreneur, was to start another business that's going to generate you another income stream. That's how I understood it. Yes? 100%. I'm a math person, so I'm all about math. You got it
1: exactly (laughs) right. But like, like what, I mean, seriously, what, what better savings account is that? As you said, you're not losing anything. Um, you may not be gaining as much, but you're not gonna get that in a checking account or a savings account, right? It's you know, it's it's too tricky, it's too risky and other things. And then you get to pull it out without any without any penalty, unlike, you know, a four oh one K or you know, four three four one three four three B or something like that, right? So so yeah, I mean I to me it's a win win. I didn't even know, you know, I I feel so blessed that I was introduced to this. I just think so many people have no idea, have no clue.
2: So let me ask you another question about that pullout, right? So Mm -hmm. when you pulled the money out, did you have to pay taxes on the money? No. Why not? No,
1: no, because it was my
2: money (laughs)
1: and it was my savings account. And and so there's no, my understanding,
2: based on the check that I got, there was no tax penalty. And it's been two tax years since and you still haven't been called to pay taxes. So probably you're right, right? So let me give a little bit of background on that, you guys. When you properly fund a IUL, which is what she's talking about, an index universal life policy and other permanent policies. But when you properly fund this type of policy and you go in to pull money out of it, such as what Nancy did, which was 14 years later, she was able to pull out a chunk of money tax-free. Tax-free. Why tax-free, you guys? Because it is after-tax dollars that are going in. So mostly how we save for our future or our investments is in a taxable account, Mm -hmm. Uh right? I'm sorry, it's in a tax-free account which means it's going to get taxed later. Yeah. So you have your brokerage accounts, maybe your Merrill Lynch's, your Charles Schwab's, things like that. Those get taxed every year when there's a growth. We have our retirement accounts. You mentioned, Nancy, a 401k. Yes, you get to pull out of those if there's a hardship, right? You got to have yeah. restrictions on it, but you have to pull that money out, right? Pay it back. If you try to pull it out without paying you back, it's taxable, right? right? So there's penalties and taxable on you pulling it out. So just understanding how to diversify your portfolio, right? Which you didn't even really understand at the time. (laughs) (laughs) You were able to show a lot of the real benefits, you guys. There is tax-free money out there. That's what Wavette's men, when she said build wealth, Mm close the wealth gap it is not just about leaving a huge death right. benefit behind you guys i told you i said i'm 41 no kids i don't plan on leaving my almost five million dollars in coverage behind mm-hmm. i plan on using it oh, <laughs> yeah yeah very similar to what nancy has spoken about depending on how you structure uh, a policy why well, did you have anything for uh nancy any you know, I, you know mm-hmm. I say you know
3: her, her story just so moved me because once again you know people i mean she was able to use it you know for her business and if we look back you know right mm-hmm. people like Gu- guess who else guess who else did that nancy walt disney mm-hmm. did that yes jc penny did that, that.
2: Mm-hmm. right Stanford uh,
3: University. yes so you got i mean i mean how powerful is that And and, and the fact that in 2020, in 2020, when people were being laid off and, and you know, losing their livelihood, she starts a new business. A new business. Amazing.
1: That's frustrating because we know those stories about those big companies, right? And then you think, well, then this can't be that much of a secret, right? But it still seems like (laughs) it's a secret, right? It's It should be common knowledge, but in our community, it's still, you know, very few people know.
3: And you know, and, and um, you know, I I am a person that uh, does a lot of research, and so you know, I you know, Alina, I go and I key in. How many African Americans are life insurance agents? Eight percent. Eight percent. So mm-hmm. you know, to me, you guys, part of the problem is that we're we're not even out there talking mm-hmm. to our people.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So you know, I I did this event It was called Helena. There there is there is room at the table. That's right. Meaning, guys, yeah. we need more of us, you guys, at the table in this industry to go out to our people and share the information. And I'm not being you guys racial, but when I meet people that look like us, we're so terming whole life. And yes. that's it. And that's mm-hmm. it. They don't even, they don't know think anything about universal.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So why is that? Mm-hmm. We need to be, you guys, in the industry, talking to our communities to make sure that People are getting properly educated about how to use life insurance to build
2: wealth. I love it. I have so many more stories that I want to talk about. But you mentioned one thing, Nancy, that I do want to talk about, and it's funny because Um, when I got into this business way early on, I was talking to everybody I knew, because just like you said, Wabit, I was like, my people are going to listen to me. I learned some new information. I'm going to educate everybody about it, right? (laughs) And I went to one of my old bosses from when I was in college and I do not remember what ethnicity she was. She was not us. Um, but she was telling me how she had, uh, set up a plan. no she was planning on using her 401k in order to put her kids through college, okay? So, exactly, Nancy, you give me the same look, right? But you mentioned, Nancy, that um that mentor was telling you that that is how a lot of other cultures using life insurance were able to set up their children for uh, uh, college, right, with funding mm-hmm. these policies properly. So, here's how... I look at those two scenarios. Your 401k is for your retirement, right? That's the structure of it. So if you pull out from it, it should be doing something that is going to be providing more asset to you because you're taking an asset, your 401k, right. and you're putting it toward a debt, right? Because college, sorry, it's a liability mm-hmm. Um, in order to do that. So then how do you replenish your retirement? Right. Think about that. And then when you pull out that 401k in order to send the kid to college, you probably pulled out more than was allowed. So there's the taxes mm-hmm. and then there's the penalties because this person was before 59 and a half. So the flexibility and the, the, um, the non, as you said, Nancy, no penalties, no issues, no, t- you were just able to get it, write a letter or sign a paper, whatever it was and get the paperwork. So really structuring the proper um, plan for your kids and for college is a way to utilize these policies, so I'll say this. You have a policy that you set in place for your child, right? Most people who are out there set some sort of college plan up for their kid, right? And I don't even think they make Udmas and Ugmas anymore. Um, but those are, you know, plans that a lot of people used to use, um, that make the child, you know, the, the beneficiary or the named custodial person or person on it. Um, excuse my, my language on that, but they were for the child, right? To go to school. Or people have their um, 529 plans, right? Or Mm -hmm. they have their savings account, right? Just these different ways that people save for their child. So I'll say this, right? And I am not a certified college planner or anything like that. But I do know how the FAFSA works, Mm -hmm. right? The financial aid um, paperwork that allows you to go for free money. Now, I don't know a single person out there, poor, middle class, or wealthy who does not want free money. (laughs) And understand you guys when your money is inside of those accounts, Utmas, Ugmas, 529s, bank accounts, plans for your kids, those things count against you getting FAFSA, which is free money. Right. It counts against it. Okay. Do you know it does not count against you? Life insurance. Life insurance to the naked eye, meaning the fast-for-form is not considered an asset. So the reason we are against life insurance just being a death benefit is very beneficial when it comes to college planning because they only see it as a death benefit, even though they know what's cash value in it. You guys, we've got to understand how to legally utilize Loopholes. Yes. You have to understand it. Anybody out there will tell you who does financial aid and college planning for people. They will tell you every single asset you guys have will count against how yeah. much you get your child free money for college, not life insurances. And I see my goddaughter's mother who is on here just put up a smiley face or a wow <laughs> face, but her daughter has a plan with me utilizing life insurance. Why? Because it was something that I learned long time ago. We have to give our kids the best edge up possible so that we can compete at every single level with every single thing. And if I get just an extra $50,000 if I choose to go to college, I want to be able to utilize it free money by putting Mm -hmm. my plans in place the way that they need to be put in place. And again, we don't know these things. Colette mentioned, why don't we have this information? Somebody has to share it. Yvette said there's only 8% of us. I promise you, other nationalities know this. Yeah. Other cultures use this. Why not us? Why not us, right? Yvette and I are doing a whole lot this month to make sure we can speak with as many people as possible. Make sure you get your folks on the call in two weeks. Make sure you reach out to our social medias. You have to get the information. Whatever decision you decide to make, at least you're able to make it empowered. Yes. Knowing how these different things work. And Nancy, you said that you were single. You said that you had no kids. So you literally went for one service, which is having large sums of accessible money should you need them when you are ready to do some other investing or businesses or entrepreneurial, you know, spirit things that you have in place, right? So that's just a function, right? While well, Vet, you said if you would have had this in place when Michael was diagnosed five days after you guys got married with terminal cancer, you who knows? Who right. knows how long we would have been able to keep him alive. Right. Who knows how less of suffering he would have had. Who knows how much less stress you would have had right. just by having these plans in place. You guys, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. But when you know, you're obligated to do better.
1: Amen. Yes.
2: You're obligated to do better. So just take the time again. This was only one of our amazing special guests that we're going to have between this and our next show. But just take the time, you guys, as we mentioned, and pull out your paperwork. Look and see where those policies are. Do you even still have them? Because a lot of them have lapsed, right? Um, check them, see where they are, see how much they cover, see what they have. And as Wavet said, the living benefit uh, concept didn't come, especially into California until about the last seven, eight years ago. So if your policy is older than that, you need an update. Doesn't mean you have to cancel what you have, but you need an update. Okay, and if anybody tells you that one type of policy is the only one you need, you need to do some more research, right? Between those three policies, term, whole, and universal, I'm gonna say everybody needs term and everybody needs a permanent and I'm gonna advocate for universal because of the flexibility but everybody goes to the grocery store to go grocery shopping and they go to Costco to go grocery shopping. (laughs) Why? Because Costco you buy in bulk term is buying in bulk. Mm -hmm. Permanent gives you the grocery store, the sprouts, the whole foods, the more high quality, but it costs you more. But like Nancy said, she checked the minimum that she had to pay. She was good with it. And now she's able to do all of the overfunding so she can have what she wants. I see you unmuted. Colette, you have a question for us or a comment?
0: So glad you guys are talking about this because I don't shop at Costco. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I only buy my favorite towels in my meat. <laughs> meat. I'm, Costco. Okay. I'm, Costco.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad because the information, I'm telling you, the information never came to us in this fashion. It never came to us this way. And as I say, we're all the same age in our forties. It never, came. <laughs> it, never came to, yeah. it never came to us in this way. So this is so educational. It is so valuable. It is so needed and necessary. And just as you said, other folks get this in other ways. Because universal was something that we never even thought about. And right. as I, I tell you, when I look at those commercials on television that, that are running even as we speak, they're only talking to you about what it's going to take to bury yourself. And that's it.
2: You know, it didn't even about. come around yeah. until the 70s, no. 80s, yeah. 90s. So it's, it's only- a newer phenomenon, as they say. So I'm definitely glad that we are having a chance to get the word out. While Vet or Nancy, do you guys have any last comments before we get ready to end our call for this time?
3: I just wanted to no, say, major. you know, sep- September is a national life Insurance Awareness Month. Take the time, as Selena J said, pull out your policies and, you know, let us you know, look over your policies and make sure that you have the best for you and your families.
2: That's right. I love it. Nancy? Yeah, the only other
1: thing I would add is, you know, you, you talked about Again, I already told you, I was like, well, you know, this is the best way to save money. But then to think about, okay, not only do I have the savings account, but oh, by the way, now I have life insurance. <laughs> like, I have a so it's doing all these things at one time with just this one, you know, one vehicle. So it just seemed pretty amazing to me. And then, um, and, and the only other thing I'll add is, um, We really have to get to younger people and it's such a counterintuitive thing, right? Because when you're young, you're like, well, I don't really need any, you know, life insurance, but it's really a savings vehicle. And that's what you want to start when you're young, which is what we talk about 401ks, right? The earlier you start, you know, the more you'll have. And so that's, it's the same message. I mean, really, they're really the same message. You can just leverage in different ways. And, and, and that's what I'm big on. I got, I need a whole bunch of levers to pull with my life. So I want to have as many possible. And then that was, you know, one of the, one. this was one of the really important ones for
2: me. I love it. Thank you for that. And we are going to have some young folks on here speaking, some 20-year-olds talking about how they've been, you know, understanding life insurance to, like you said, create some real wealth for them and their families. So we'll have them on on our next show. But you guys, I am so very excited as always about money, but especially when it comes to building wealth using life insurance. So again, Life Insurance Awareness Month. You guys know how to find me, J 313 on Instagram. Make sure you guys reach out, take the time, grab your policies, and let's do a review, you guys. This has been Smart Money Moves with Helena. Love Absolutely. you guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Thank you Helena J.
0: One more question before yes. you all go. Helena, you've been an educator. Yes. And you've been in the classroom. Is it... Is it, uh, I don't want to, what word would I use? Is it, it's not customary, but I know that some schools do teach financial literacy.
2: It's a brand new phenomenon.
0: It's a brand new thing. So in that financial literacy curriculum, is it plausible to talk about insurance? I did not it. car insurance, I did it. life insurance. I did
2: it when I learned this information a decade ago. I was still in the classroom, and yes, I did it. But it is not a part of the full curriculum. But we will get to that next show because we will talk about how the kids understand it.
0: Definitely needed. They do so. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you
1: for having me. Have a good one, guys. Take care. All right. Take care.
0: Thank you for the great information. And folks, again, another powerful show by Helena Jake Connolly right here on Intentional Talk Radio Network. We are going to move on to In the Mix, Conversations with Colette and Corliss. Thank you for joining us. We've got another show coming up in the next minute and a half. So you've got some time to run and get that cold drink or that warm drink or a cup of coffee or something to rejuvenate because we're coming right back with more information, more news and views that you can use. So don't go away, as Kenny Hendricks says, stick and stay. Don't go away. We've got more for you right here, right here on ITRN, and it's a hump day, hump day right here. We'll talk with you soon. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere.